you are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCBP. All right, it's another edition of the WCB Podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. It's Sharon, it's Tanner. What's up, bud? Not much, man. What's going on? Not much. Uh, it's been a minute since we record. Um, that's that's on me. I will fully take blame on this one. <laughs> I mean, um, the weather wasn't that great, so. Weather wasn't that great. And, <laughs> and I was telling Tanner before, I mean, I... I'm burnt out. I got burnt out on hockey from the stuff I do with this, the stuff I do helping out the hockey podcast network. I work in hockey. Like it's, I got, I got burnt out in hockey a little bit. And I needed a little bit of a, a step back and in, in charge there. So I will take the full blame on that. A lot has gone down in the two weekish since we've, uh, since we recorded. And I wish it was good stuff that went down when we were gone. Yeah. Unfortunately, on the ice and off the ice. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, man, it's. I don't know about you, but for me, this was like the last couple of weeks, especially everything that's going on since the town hall meeting and all that. It's been kind of like pulling teeth to be a fan a little bit of the franchise. Like it's been <laughs> a little difficult to be like, ah, oh, I'm a Hawks fan, like. It's just, it feels like surreal to me in a certain way because it's it just like, how does no other team have any bad news? It should, yeah. At, like, at all this entire year. <laughs> like, what, who said it? Was it you or Noli in our group text that's like when everything, some, when anything comes out about the Hawks, it's like, just God, please don't let this new article be bad. Yeah, it was, it was Noli. Yeah. yeah here he goes i'm afraid every time i see a news article about the blackhawks yep and i mean so first off i mean this is two big things that happened since our in our little little break there um the first one i mentioned already the town hall meeting so yep. get this the chicago blackhawks call a town hall meeting so they can start uh, being very upfront and transparent with everything going on in the organization, given what has happened the last year or so, they want to be upfront with what's going on with the fans and media and transparency. They kept saying this is a town hall meeting for transparency, which is crazy because they were talking about being transparent before any of this, before this whole season, before anything over the summer, this was like transparency was a key thing they were going to, go towards when they were talking about doing a rebuild before the start of the previous season. Yeah. When Sam Bowman went on that media tour, he kept saying, yeah. Oh, we're about to be transparent about, we want to be transparent about everything that we're doing. Yes. Have and you seen any of that transparency yet? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, not really, but so I think you, we kind of see a reason why it's not, that transparent as they keep saying you can maybe see like who's the reason why it's not being taken so seriously and unless you've been living under a rock or you've completely got rid of social media altogether and just don't watch tv so good we're living under a rock the person that is probably holding up the transparency with this showed his colors at the town hall meeting and that person is none other than rocky words yeah. 
And I feel so bad because I said I was going to watch the whole town hall meeting because I was, I'm sure there's some good things said and brought up there. Right. Um, Danny you, would ass- been- you would assume that like there was a bright spot in, in that at, at some point. The bar was set so low because social media went like exploded. What was that Wednesday? Like Tuesday night or Wednesday night? Yeah, something like that. It was like the night of that really bad storm in Chicago. So I think that was like Wednesday night. Um, but the bar was set so low from what you saw on social media. But I, after seeing the the outburst from Rocky Works on it, I just was like, I'm not wasting time on this because it was just so frustrating seeing seeing him flip out. So basically what happened, if you didn't know, Mark Lazarus asked a question regarding um, what the team is doing to, to basically say, hey, what happened to Kyle Beach is never going to happen again. Right. There's what some changes have been made. Yeah. <laughs> He was asking that to uh, Danny Wirtz, who is the CEO of the Chicago Blackhawks now. Rocky interrupts him and says, I'm answering, we're not answering that. We're not talking about 2010. We're not talking about what happened to Kyle Beach. And he just goes off about how they're not talking about this. And then when Laz kind of pushes, he's like, well, no, what, what is going on? Well, he said, we're talking about the future. Right. And, and Laz mentions, that's what I'm saying. What changes are have been made in order to prevent this in the future? Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, "We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it." And then he, when last oh. pushed him again, Rocky follows up with, "He's like, you know, we're not talking about this. This is none of your business." <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> if, you, if, you were, if you were in the organization, we would tell you, but you're not. So it's none of your business. <laughs> Yes, it's none of your business to know what we are doing when we call a town hall meeting to discuss transparency, what's going on. But you ask a question, and no, that's none of your business. What? Um, he's very transparent about whose business is what. <laughs> like, what is going on there? Like, I just, I, it just, it was so, and even Lance said in his article, I didn't read it, I just saw bits and pieces of it. It was an article on The Athletic about it. Like, that was very out of character of Iraqi. Yeah. So it's like, what, what did he, like I, I jokingly said in our group chat, did he have too many sodas beforehand thinking it was going to be all softball questions so he can just like, you know, kick back, relax and have some fun. I mean, it was a pretty softball question already. Like you've been, the, the team has mentioned making changes to prevent these kinds of things in the future. It's like, okay, cool. What are the changes that you implemented? And then you, all you have to do is explain, but if that's the reaction, then like, were any changes made? You know, like, are you just saying changes have been made, but nothing's really been changed at all? It's it's so such a a weird weird reaction to that. And, and then, oh my god, if, especially with everything that's been going on, like what it, Bill Wirtz is known as Dollar Bill. Like, what's Rocky going to be known as? Like, he's not going to be known as like the owner of like the this almost dynasty. He's going to be known as like. This guy that fucking is clueless on like how to handle himself and like, and he encourages like sexual assault and, and like lives under a fucking rock. Apparently, he's going to be dollar bill words and living under a rocky words. And then all of a sudden, Danny words, what are you going to do that's going to be any different? Because apparently, it runs in the family. And it's unfortunate too because I feel Danny words has been doing everything right. Danny right. words went up. After, because then also after Lazarus was going, the next question was from Philip Thompson. 
And he kind of ver- tried to clarify a little bit because they're right. It might have got lost in trans- translation a little bit because Laz did kind of go on to sp- like when he started it, he talked about oh, Kyle Beach in 2010, unless this and this, and then asked the question. So maybe once it's obviously it's a it's a very tough subject to talk about. I mean, even bringing up like everything going on that the Hawks had to go through and Kyle Beach had to go through and all that. I mean, obviously it's going to be a high tension situation when that comes up. But so that's why I think he automatically flipped out the way he did. And then Philip Thompson asked, kind of clarified a little bit, and then he got ripped into. We're not talking about this, 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 and this. So after the town hall meeting, Danny Wirtz did go up to Philip Thompson and was a, didn't apologize, but he did say, hey, I will more than happily answer those questions for you guys. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I never understand. Like, I, I get, like, him not apologizing because why do you have to, why do people have to apologize for other people? Like, if anything, Rocky Wirt should be going out and apologizing. Danny shouldn't be cleaning up messes after him. Like, that's not going to make him look any better. Like, Rocky already looks terrible. Like, Danny just needs to take the reins and then maybe next time if they're doing a town hall and Rocky says some shit, Danny needs to be like, no, you need to shut the fuck up and like, let me talk. <laughs> yeah. Because, because when he told, like when he basically dismissed him from talking, it was just, it was ridiculous. Like you can see how frustrated he was. He was just like, this is terrible. Like, this is not why we did this. <laughs> right. Like it was just and like the funniest thing about the whole situation. It's not a funny situation, but I did laugh when the first against Laz going um, Rocky going yelling at Laz, you can see for a split second old check just sits there and he looked so uncomfortable. Like he's just yeah. like frozen, just looking straight at Laz, like, like just dude, just stop it. Just just let it go. <laughs> like, it's just you're like when when you're there, you gotta be like, I can't believe this is happening. Like <laughs> how can I'm, I be a part of this if like the owner is saying this ridiculous shit? Oh, man, I'm trying to find it too really quick because during the middle. So then on top of that, the Hawks had a game to play. They had to go and play against Minnesota right before the all-star break. And in the middle of the game, they released a apology from Rocky for what yeah. happened, which was the most. Did he even, it, it's a no. written apology. So like 100% is he, he didn't is do he, it. Is yeah. it written by him? They're like, and, okay, Rocky, he, we're going to handle this. Like, so here, I pulled it up really quick. It said, tonight at the Chicago Blackhawks Town Hall, my response to two questions crossed the line. I want to apologize to the fans and those reporters and I regret that my response overshadowed the great work this organization is doing to move forward. We have the right leaders and, and the right processes in place to create a safe environment for our employees and players. All you had to say when that when Laz brought that up is that last line. Right. And then maybe we have the right leaders and right processes in place to create a safe environment for our employees and players. That's all you have to say, Rocky. And then Danny can come step up because the follow question will be like, oh, well, what's what's in place? Right. Danny words. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that, Laz. Boom, boom, boom. And this is a non-issue. This was the, the reason for the town hall. And it was set up to be basically a home run of like, hey, like these are the things that we've done. These are the changes. This is us being more transparent. And then he would, let's have this meeting. Don't ask me any fucking questions. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I oh just, I don't understand what, what was going through his mind. Like, what did he think was going to be asked? Oh, like, Hey, how do you think the team's doing this year? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, there's not a good topic to talk about there. 
the Kyle Beach situation, you have this team sucks. You have this team that's looking for a GM at the moment and are pulling fucking duds and very questionable choices as their interview candidates, which we'll get into in a little bit. But it's like, I just, I don't understand what they expected to happen or what Rocky was expecting to happen in that event. And if he can't take the pressure of what's going, what happened in the past and that the fact that let's be honest, that's a black eye on this organization that is going to be brought up about this team for years to come, no matter what we do, what this team does right to try to fix it and right the ship and prove that they learn from this mistake and how they're going to change. And so this never happens again. This is going to be associated with this team and you're going to have to learn to deal with that. Those questions are going to come up and you can't just flip out and say, no, we're not talking about this. That is none of your business. You can't do that. And if you can't handle that, it's time for you to probably step down as the chairman of the Blackhawks. Probably. Yeah, you, you <laughs> probably need to be owner and name only. Yeah. Sit back, collect and, whatever and, revenue. Enjoy your enjoy the games from your box, whatever. It's and then it's like after that, it's this everybody, social media, hockey world is just looking for ammo on the Hawks. And it's just they keep shooting themselves in the foot and giving it back to them every single chance that they possibly can. Like hearing Gretzky talk about the Hawks yeah. at night and the whole situation. Like that was there. I mean, that is pure embarrassment. Having yeah. somebody like the greatest, one of the greatest players in the game, second greatest player in the game, talk about. Did you say second greatest? Yeah, player second greatest Mario. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> gotta bring the tension a little bit. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, wait, did I hear that right? <laughs> but like, for him to basically say, I mean, and what Gretzky said was even right. But hearing Gretzky question this organization is, is so frustrating, and it's like embarrassing. And so basically, what Gretzky says, I'm sitting here thinking, as a parent, you're getting. You're sitting there going, my son is 18 years old, and he potentially could be drafted to that team. I want to know that my 18-year-old son is going to be protected. Right. Why did you get so why would you get so angry about that? Yeah. It's so it's so ridiculous. Indeed. <laughs> and now basically what that did is People that there was always rumors that there was more people out there that were affected by everything that happened 10 years or yeah, 10 years ago, 11 years, 12 years ago now, 12 years ago. Um, and that there was potentially going to be more John Doe's out there. There's going to be more lawsuits pending against the Hawks for this. Now you just gave them ammo to, to completely go for it. Like Kyle beach gave them the motivate, like the, the will to it like they gave him like hey i can talk up i can do something about this yeah seeing he made, Rocky he, clearly he made it give... he made it okay for the others to come out right like, he stepped forward and opened the door for others and now rocky just gave him the ammo and be like fuck these guys yeah i'm going after him and it's starting to happen and what broke last night was um Apparently in November, the Chicago Blackhawks fired longtime athletic trainer for the Ice Hogs um, after a report of sexual harassment. Was it 2014? 
yeah. went back to. Um, so they fired him. And here's the thing that people are missing about this story. They see the headline, oh, another sexual harassment thing. The Blackhawks didn't know about this one. Right. It was it was unreported. The the whoever it happened to, I don't know if it said it was a player or whatnot, but whoever it happened to didn't say anything about it until they saw the whole Kyle Beach situation go down and saw like the Lock and Jenner report. And then then they came forward, which happened to be uh, like late October. And then um, within Yeah. Yeah, it says the it says that the head athletic trader what da, 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 it was reported to the Blackhawks on October 27th, 2021, and says that the Hawks adhered to their new protocols and procedures, and they suspended Mr. Jones, who is the athletic trainer. Um, and they did an investigation over five days, had um, and then after con- concluding the results to be like follow what the person had basically what is it can't have the allegations like they confirmed them yeah they terminated him right away so it was a six day of it was within like six days to a week from yeah. the hawks learning about it to the team taking action and doing the right thing yeah so this is part of what they their new things that they put in place like their new protocols and like keeping players safe and taking these things very seriously. I'm not sure if the Hawks put out this or how it got known to the public though, but if that's part of like the transparency and after like the town hall talking about transparency and like, that's why this was brought up. I don't know. I don't know where it it is. super weird though that, yeah, that February 6th, this came and not came out and he's been, he's been gone since November and it's just, yeah. been kinda, I think it must've been very calculated. I mean, like they were like, boom, um, we got some bad press right now because of the transparency. Well, here, look at, this is what we're doing. Right. Not saying that they were holding this for this type of situation. And if they were Jesus Christ, if they think like they realize this is what's going to happen, but um, going back to to Rocky real quick, I totally forgot that Batman talked about it at All Star Weekend. Um, mm. Basically, said that he did not attend the discipline words, um, calling it a moment of frustration. Um, he said the most unfortunate thing about it is it's completely inconsistent with all the work the Blackhawks are doing. Um, a lot of personnel have left. Uh, President of Business Operation Jamie Faulkner and CEO Danny Words are really running things day to day. They're bringing in a wellness department. They are having training. There is counseling. They know that they're doing everything right to create an environment that has an open, welcoming, and safe culture, and that's what they're working on. So I think that it was an emotional moment born out of something that I know has weighed uh, very heavily on Rocky, and I think at the town hall and what he was really focused on was how do we take all these things that we're doing and move forward, and I just think that this was pent-up frustration, and he apologized promptly. I still don't think that gives Rocky the right. No. It makes sense. It does It does make sense, and it's understandable to be frustrated. It's like, like we said, this is something that's going on and you're going to have to deal with. But he just shows that he can't handle this right, and regardless right. of what you're doing, I mean, you can't do it. And I think right there, boom, that's, again, what Bettman said. If, if Danny Wirtz was able to say that, 
We have counseling. We have a wellness program. We all this. It's a non-issue. It's a non-issue discussion. Like, and, it, 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 it was, there was a lot of ways to handle it a lot better than the way he did. And then I want to go on a quick little rant too, because I see this with, uh, every time I see a Hawks post and I'm getting really tired of it, not just on Hawks post and everything, but people that go and say when anything, the black gets posted about the blackouts and they comment, Oh, poverty franchise mm-hmm. or classic Blackhawks L or like, you know, or I mean, that's just, classic. that's just the fucking cool thing to say on it's social so media at the time. Like, it's, so, it's dumb. I, am so I mean, any, mad. anytime there's any news about like Toronto getting, uh, losing a game, it's all the old shits brought up that, Toronto hasn't won a cup since 67. They can't get out of the first round. They fucking it's so win lead. It's it the so worst lead in hockey. It's like it's all old shit that just didn't happen over and over again because people just regurgitate all dumb shit. But yeah, it's very old to see every time. Especially when it's the Hawks, but you know what? Hey, grow up. Think it's something better. Come on, grow I mean, up. I mean, the Hawks need to be better too. It's a poverty franchise. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. And then Hawks one are, comment I saw the too. Hawks, the Hawks franchise is worth more than like I would say probably what 25 other franchises in the league. I think they're the point. fourth, they're number four. Yeah, whatever. Fourth out of 32. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's like such a I, the, the comments I've seen sometimes are like dissolve the franchise. Like, no, dude, that's not gonna happen. It's never gonna fucking happen. So dumb. Yeah. But I mean, people like to comment their stupid shit all over the place. So the one the one comment I saw that I was like, fuck was they're like, you know what's hilarious? This is the best team in the league 10 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, that one hurts. That one. See, you want to hurt Hawks fans? That's what you say. Yeah. I thought that I did see a funny one on Reddit. I can't remember what post it was. <laughs> Somebody was like, I think at this point, maybe the, that uh, Chicago and Nashville should trade team names. And I was like, that's actually kind of fucking funny, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> No. So, yeah, dude. I was like, damn, that was that was creative. I'm surprised it hasn't stirred up again. People talking about the logo. Yeah. I, well, you know, all the bad news kind of suppresses that stuff. So. Yeah, I just thought they would be like, oh, see, look at, look at all the bad shit they're doing. They don't just, and then on top of that, they're using that logo. Yeah, don't don't give them any ideas. Um, <laughs> let's move on to like some more hopeful thing. I would say, like, well, with with the newest sexual harassment thing i i think that it sucks to hear that this happened in the hawks but the good thing about it is that you can see that their new protocols and procedures are in place and there are they are using them and it's a part of it makes me really wonder if like the hawks just being like the the dumpster fire of bad news this year is elevated on their own being because of like the things that have happened or if like other teams are maybe suppressing news more than the Hawks do. Like, I don't know. Like, is it, it's really weird to me that out of 32 teams, I mean, Seattle really doesn't have a history, neither does Vegas, but out of like the 30 teams available that the Hawks are the only ones that have any kind of like poor, like news, like in a, in a, in a way. And you know what? It's I I know what you're saying, and I I just find find it hard to believe knowing the way hockey culture has been in the past. I think the problem is, 
is that all every team I think's got their skeletons in their closet about what's yeah, going on. Yeah, that's the term I couldn't think of. Yeah. And I think the problem is the Kyle Beach one was so bad mm-hmm. that it kind of a lot of teams are like, okay, well, we're we're not there. We're we're <laughs> we're not that bad. And I think that it's going to be, I think it's a matter of time. I kind of said this when the whole Kyle Beach thing first happened was that in all four major sports, I think you're going to start seeing a change. And I think Kyle Beach gave the voice to the voiceless yep. and the courage to all of them to be like, you know what, what I went through wasn't right. And it's time to step up. You saw yeah, what yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had something going on with, um, oh fuck. It was a wife of, I couldn't remember if it was a coach or an equipment manager Right, because um, the the news got really shut down real quick about that. Yeah, because they settled fast. Once it came out, they settled fast. Yeah. Because that was the time. They didn't keep that in the news that long. Right, because that was like when all this went down, they were like, oh, well, this is coming out of Pittsburgh now because Bill Guerin was supposed to be the GM of Team USA. And then they were like, okay, well, Bowman stepped down because of this. Now Bill Guerin might have to step down because of it. Like, um, yeah, I think it's out there. I just think that it's a lot easier for the teams that kind of make it go away because it's not to the level of Kyle Beach. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's just like I said, it's hard for me to believe that the Hawks are the only ones that have like oh, 100%. This many, these many skeletons in their closet. There is there is no. I guarantee you that there is not a single franchise in the NHL that hasn't had at least one yeah. issue. So all these people commenting. Another Hawks L, big poverty franchise. Just, just wait till you, your fucking team has some shit time. come out. Yeah. yeah, one you got. It's and you know what? Not to go against this whole like woke movement, cancel culture era. I mean, the more you go on, like the like the as the years go by, and this this movement becomes more and more, where a lot of people are calling people on their bullshit because they want the cancel culture, they want all this kind of stuff. It's gonna happen. You're going to say this, well, there's going to be one person that isn't going to like how they were treated in a way and they will go out and they will try to find whatever they can to make an issue and, and, and to, and to create problems for people. Yeah. It's like, I also, I just want to point out, I also really hope that nothing ever happens or comes out again of yeah. like anything near oh, the level yeah. I haven't called or Kyle beach, unless it, truly did happen then i hope that somebody the people take responsibility for their actions but i really hope that isn't a thing that happened to anybody else i'm and just saying like teams are not squeaky fucking clean compared to the 100 yeah and, and if it did happen if it did happen i hope it comes out because yeah. those they need there's no way it's not gonna you're not gonna change hockey culture if you're letting one team be the example right if shit yeah. like this is going on in locker rooms across all major four sports and in colleges or whatever, it needs to be brought up and it needs to be discussed and it needs to be taken advantage. I mean, not taken advantage. They need to be shown. This is why you're wrong. And this is why, you know, like, I don't know. I've got losing my train of thought there, but you know what I'm saying? Like it needs to be brought up and it's going to be very interesting to see when it does happen, because I, I will be shocked if it doesn't happen to another franchise. Yeah, true. But okay, other hopeful news now. Hopeful yeah. news. Okay, GM search. Guess what? That's happening. It's starting. <laughs> and it sounds it's, like the Hawks 
are bowmaning it up. <laughs> I I mean, he's not on the list, uh, the short list of names, but yet he's but he's putting on a mustache and putting on a, a fake wig, and he's going to be Fan. Stan Stan Moanbo Mambo. <laughs> Um, oh God, so yeah, so the Hawks have interviewed five people so far. Um, Kyle Davison, who obviously is an intern GM right now, Peter Chevelli, mm-hmm. VP of Hockey Ops for the St. Louis Blues, uh, Eric Tolsky, who is the Hurricanes assistant GM, Jeff Greenberg, who is the Chicago Cubs assistant GM, um, Scott Mellenby, who is a former Montreal Canadiens assistant GM. Um, they have a team pretty much working together to try to find the right pick here. They have like an outside source too, that they have brought coming in. Um, Olchek, Hosa and Sharp are also a part of this team to try to find um, the right next GM yeah. for the Blackhawks. Um, your initial reaction or feelings regarding the list of current candidates. Um, out of those, I would say uh, the the name that sticks out the most that I would like is Tulski, just because I really like what Carolina's done. Yeah. Um, except they have made like weird questionable moves, but it doesn't matter because they're still like in first place. Like the whole trading Nadelkovich for like a third rounder to Detroit, and like completely changing their goalies from last year, even though they were like top of the, almost top of the league, and then now they're still top of the league with a complete different goalie tandem. I don't know, but they still make, (laughs) and then they also did like the, they were like fucking, they're getting cock in the Emmy instead of like spending money on their like rookie goalie. That's amazing. It was just, it's very questionable, weird shit that just somehow works out. And like, okay, if you can do that here, that'd be great. (laughs) He he gets, they get creative. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. Out of, like the people that are on this list like Davidson has the least experience and I don't know how what to really expect because he was the AGM under Stan Bowman who is a very questionable GM at best and stuff that he has come out about alleged like untouchables and who's open yeah it it just it gets me very nervous um yeah um did it say when Scott Mellonby was an assistant GM in Montreal. I think he was j- just a part of that that core that they just kind of let go. Okay, I I don't I don't, I don't really know. Scott Mellonby doesn't doesn't ring a bell as like a good or bad thing. Um, yeah. actually, let's go. Our buddy very, Rossi. Yeah, he liked him because he's a Florida. He's a former Panther. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Let me. Shirelli by far is a player, a guy I do not want. If anybody is very unaware of what Shirelli's done in the past, he has traded uh, Tyler Sagan in in Boston to Dallas. Then he went to Edmonton and traded Taylor Hall one for one for Adam Larson. So he is like the only GM ever to trade a, like the t- top two picks in an NHL draft on two different teams. He he completely dismantled anything that Edmonton had going for them before McDavid by getting rid of Taylor Hall and like Jordan Eberle. Um, what else? They he got rid of Kajula for fucking Brandon Manning. That was a great one. Um, he just he's 
he's not a good GM. And I don't uh-huh. understand why it's like the Hawks are like, oh, you know who has GM experience? It's Peter Shirelli. But don't fucking do that. <laughs> like I said, that would be a very like Bowman-esque move. Yeah, it's I think it's one of those things I saw too. Somebody mentioned was here's uh, here real quick. I, here's what Rossi whoever, said. Whoever, wait, wait, it was whoever they do pick, you can always go, well, thank God, at least it's not Shirelli. And like that's that's the whole reason they fucking have interviewed him, is just so you can go, thank God that it's not Shirelli. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Rossi real quick said about Melanby. Um has some charisma, speaks well in front of media, etc. Hodge could use a guy like that. Yeah, that would be good. So he kind of seems like he'd be a good like hockey op type of guy. Like that's the that's the other thing too. Like former players that do well in the front office is something I I like better because like who are some of the better best GMs in the league right now? Steve Eiserman, Joe Sackett. Yeah. Like the guys that have played good careers in the NHL tend to get more respect from the NHL players on their team because they've think, been there. I think Taze, man, Taze is gonna be, I think an awesome GM. Yeah. Eventually. I think, I think he'd be a good GM. I mean, working your way up though, like he's not going to just step in and be like, like he would, he would like go through the, the ringer of like positions of whatever hockey scout, not scout, like hockey ops and stuff like that. Um, Melanby was the GM, assistant GM of Montreal from July 30th, 2014 until November 27th, 2021. Oh, wow. He, he was there for a while. And he resigned on his own. Okay. Wait, wait. Till when? 2021? November 27th. Oh, so recently. So yeah. he was their AGM when they made it to the cup this, yeah. this past season. Okay, cool. Um, well, that's awesome. I wonder if he quit because they were so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I would actually, I would say him and Tolski are top of my list. Uh, Shirelli, no. Davidson, like I said, his experience is under Bowman, so it's questionable at best, especially with what you said with the untouchables. And the first few moves that he made with this team were really for nothing, like getting rid of, or not really getting rid of, but letting Gaudet go to Ottawa by through waivers. Yeah. Uh, Giving up Malcolm Subban for nothing. Uh, and then I mean, he traded Nylander for Lafferty and Lafferty's got his first goal in two seasons. What was it this past week against Detroit? Um, I don't know. It's just an impressive move. I kind of see with him, Cal, him going like the Derek King role. Like he's yeah. not going to go back. He's not going to get the full time job, but he's not going to be gone. He's just going to go back. Yeah, to He might just go back was. to being AGM. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. He's still a young guy too. I think he's like in his thirties. So yeah, and he, people are talking about he's like he's a Dubas type of guy. Like yeah. he potentially has that. I mean, he's got that potential, and it's like you know what? If if that's true, and he can hone his craft a little bit, it's like maybe down the line. But yeah, yeah I, just, I mean, Kyle Dubas is is great and all, but that team still hasn't gotten out of the first round. So I don't know exactly how great he is. You know. It's just a lot of hype because he's a younger guy as a GM. Um, until they win the cup, I'm not saying Kyle Dubas is a great GM. I mean, he, he signed, what, he's got three guys signed to over $10 million without a, a second-round appearance. So that doesn't sound that great to me. 
<laughs> that is extremely fair. Um, and then the last guy was that Jeff Greenberg, who's the Cubs assistant GM, which, okay. Um, I like the idea of interviewing somebody outside, outside of, of hockey, but yeah. I hate the idea because of like what I said, who are the best GMs in hockey right now? Eisenman and Sackick. I like if you could argue anybody else, uh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Unless he's got some sort of hockey background. Like I just, it's just, it's too much unless he's a really good numbers guy and he can really like master the cap and all that kind of stuff. But, and then it's like, then you need a good assistant GM that could kind of like, but I mean, that's usually the assistant GM, isn't it? That kind of like the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving all new customers 56 to one odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million in top prize with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21. Um, and older minimum age location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsibilities, uh, gambling resources. Void were prohibited. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLERS in Texas. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-899-9789. In Connecticut, call 800-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369. Control salary cap and all that. And really like crunches the number. I think that just depends on how they want to play their roles. But yeah, that's I would I I would say Melon B would be a good top of the list of the five that are there right now. Yeah. Um I don't know. I was trying to look to see if they have any like announcements of any more people they're talking to, which I'm sure they will. They've been um, coming out with them. The Chicago Bear style. Like they're just, oh, we've completed an interview with so and so. Yeah, letting you know. Just so you know, we've uh I wish yeah, I would love to like hear more about like who they're leaning towards or something. Like if there was anybody leaking any kind of news, that'd be really funny. Yeah, um, they said they want to get this done before the trade deadline. That's about six or seven weeks away. So oh, so that they can go, they can go to the trade deadline with some ideas. I, yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. Can you imagine like being like, okay, you're hired. Now work the trade deadline. It's like, oh shit, dude. Like I just got hired. Like I didn't even get. <laughs> I don't even know what the salary cap looks like for this team right now. <laughs> exactly, and that's and so that right there is another reason why I don't understand the the Greenberg. Right interview because right, at least those dude. other guys, the other four, they're around the game. They kind of know the situation of what's going on. They they kind of see where the Hawks are at and how how they're handicapped and all that kind of stuff. And they can probably make a little. I mean, they're not going to go crazy at the trade deadline. I think their main move at the trade deadline is just probably to get a first round pick and get some prospects and draft picks for the rental guys, um, like yeah. the Dahan, the Carpenter. Mark Andre, possibly like Kubalik, those kind of guys. I mean, that's all they're trying. That's the main thing is to do there. 
And then just the fact though, that they'll have a guy in place. He'll be able to get the draft picks that he wants for this upcoming draft and all that. And then it's like, okay, boom, focus on the summer now. Yeah. Figure out what to do, what you want to do now. Oh man. Um, so I wanted to mention this before I even go forward. Cause I don't want to forget about this, but because you've mentioned trading Kubalik, I have been thinking recently. So let's say we trade Kubalik and we get like a bit of cap space from like guys that we get out of here. And I had seen, there's this one guy who plays left wing that is looking to get like a bit of a longer term deal in the free agency. And he could get about seven or 8 million. Um, what do you think if like if we if we end up getting rid of Kubelik, but what if we got like JT Miller in the offseason? Eh? <laughs> eh? Ah oh, man, I know. JT Miller is fucking sick. And he and it was like I seen like an article that was saying he's look he's definitely gonna want like a seven-year deal in free agency, but he'd only want like seven or eight million. So it's like one more oh. year too. Huh? He's not a free agent until after next season. I thought it was this season. Oh, JT oh, Miller. Shit. Uh, he was, 22, 23. Damn. I, he's been coming up a lot in like trade talks. So I thought he was coming up as just a rental for the rest of the season. No, oh, because Vancouver needs that to do something sense. with their cap. But that makes more sense then. He's a if, point per player or point yeah, dude, per he's, game player right now. Not only is he a point per game player, but he fucking hits. He, he's like a two way guy that's like, Real fucking good. Damn, he's only a 93. Yeah. God, but I feel so fucking old. We'll, we'll put a pin in that then. JT Miller, though, in the future, if he's if he becomes a free agent, I feel like he'd be real sick on the Hawks. Kubelik for JT Miller straight up. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 I don't think that I don't think Vancouver's buying, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, I man. guess that would be us buying. That's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really interesting what's going to happen right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you agree about Melanby? Or do, what do no, you think? Yeah, I think, I think Melanby makes the most sense right now. Um, I hope Shirelli is just one of those, just be like, hey, to show that we're interviewing a whole group of type of people, but yeah. not really going to consider you. Um, Greenberg, I don't. I appreciate the idea of thinking outside the box. I just don't think it makes sense for what this team needs to do. Yeah. Uh, Davidson scares me. Tolski. Tolski. Yeah. Tolski. I probably would say Melanby and then Tolski. If you had to pick from those five, it'd probably go Melanby. Just, and then just based off of like resume. Yeah. That's what I would do, you know? Um, so the next thing I got is Olympics. I don't know about you not super crazy about it, but I am interested to see the U S team to see if Drew Comesso plays because he's a Hawks prospect and yeah, youngest, like one of the youngest kids on the team, 20 year old goalie. Um, Ooh, it's going to be great to see where he, cause I mean, I kind looking, of overshot it for a little pre-meeting before we start recording that he could be yeah. in play next year. But I mean, no. theoretically, he could be in play in the next couple of years. So it's be a nice little. What yeah, he's, right if, now. He, if he gets in net and see what he does, I mean, their first game's against China on the tenth. Um, yeah, what's the over under? I don't that? know if he's playing or not. I have no idea. Wait, it's also 
the other two goalies on the team, the one guy is a career like minor leaguer, AHL, ECHL. He's like 34. And then the other guy that they got is in the SHAL. Oh, well, what? SHL. <laughs> SHL. And uh, I don't even know if he was ever drafted. Like, Drew is like the only guy that's got technically his rights in the NHL. Yeah, he was a second round pick too. I forgot how highly, highly yeah. drafted him. Yeah. So that'd be exciting to see if he gets a start, especially following a little bit of news about like college hockey. He's been tearing it up a bit this year at Boston University. In the seven games leading up to after he found out he was going to play for Team USA, he has backstopped the Terriers to a six and one record with a nine four six save percentage and a one point seven zero goals against average. It's pretty cool. So it'd be it'd be neat to see if he ends up playing in in China. So. No, that's the only reason BU's, I was actually interested in watching the the men's hockey this year. BU's record is 13, 10, and three. So mm. not great. And he's gone six and one in the in seven games. Maybe he's turning it on. Maybe they're doing better. Who knows? Um, the other thing I <laughs> I forgot until recently. Do you remember who they said is coaching Canada? Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Colleton makes a reappearance bouncing back on his feet pretty quickly on the international stage it makes sense it's crazy I can't believe it I, whoever is the director of Canada's hockey Olympic hockey team was like you know what this team needs they need to let up a fuck ton of shots <laughs> let's get that guy that coached the Blackhawks to a one in fucking 10 record to start the season the best was like i saw a comment was like ah it makes sense replacement players get the replacement coach out there <laughs> <laughs> i still love i'd still i still like jeremy collins i mean i still feel bad for that guy but he still needs still needs a little work a little yeah more so he he stepped up because claude julian broke his ribs in switzerland doing a team exercise Okay. And he was ruled that his doc, the doctor said that he shouldn't be traveling. So they had to call uh, good old JC, uh, <clears> get him in, uh, get him in to coach. So that's going to be, I'm, I have zero interest in the men's Olympics. Like, yeah. Watch him, watch them like do decent enough that he gets interest from teams that like end up firing their coaches or need coaches. They're like, Oh, was, maybe it was just the Blackhawks as Carlton guy. Like, <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. That's my worst nightmare that he goes on and picks up the first job he gets an NHL head coach again, and he just goes on like a four cup tear. And it's just like, God damn it. We suck. We suck. Not Jeremy. We suck. (laughs) And I don't know if they somehow find a way to like create enough ice to make a whole blockade so the goalie doesn't have to try as hard because they're going to be giving up like 40 shots a game. I mean, if it's if Russia just is, doesn't walk away with this, then I mean, right? Like it's right. it's Russia's goal to lose at this point, right? Yeah, they have they're gonna have like the most professionals. So well, yeah, they got the KHL. Which, by the way, oh, did you see that? That the KHL is just their season's over as soon as they get oh, yeah. with the break. It's gonna and, be per- points percentage. Yeah, go straight into the playoffs. Is that because of everything going on with like Russia and uh, Ukraine or like what's oh, I going on? I have no on? idea, dude. Yeah, like I don't I understand no the reason why they're doing that. I didn't even read about it. I just saw the headline of of like Russia going straight into 
playoffs. And I was like, oh, okay. I just sound, yeah, that tracks for everything that's going on the last two years. What's <laughs> <laughs> that like some random fucking occurrence to me? Yeah. So, um, all right. There's one more like kind of positive thing to talk about, but I just want to like all star break happen, and that's considered to be like the halfway point of the NHL season. Um, yeah. What is your realistic opinions or like optimistic? Like, what are you realistically expecting from the Blackhawks going into this last half? Or like, um, where where's your mind selling. at, the Hawks? Selling, hopefully getting a first rounder, and that's about it. Um, like it's they're just not playing hard enough to win these games. They, I don't I, honestly like I want to check the stats, but like. I feel like they give up empty netters every fucking time they they lose a game. Like they, it's it's crazy to me. I'm, I feel like I've never seen so many empty net goals against ever. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can find it. But like, what do you what do you think? Like, I obviously I they're gonna be moving guys at the deadline. Yeah, I think that. I think it's gonna get much worse. I think that especially when you start moving guys, you're going to be moving some guys that actually make a difference on this team. And if you have any expectations of them making a push for the playoffs, like you need to pump the brakes on that right now. I would love to be wrong. I would love to be talking and come end of March and be like, holy shit, the Hawks are in a playoff spot right now. But it's just, it's not going to happen. It's just not realistic. Um, That money puck or whatever that, what it count is called. Yeah, money. It's got them at a 0.4% chance at making the playoffs at this point. So I just we're for some dark times. <laughs> like it's it's gonna get ugly. And I think we're gonna we're two to three years away from seeing successful Hawks hockey again. And it's gonna be very interesting. And I just want to get this over with. Yeah, I, I that's why I think. It'd be great to have a new GM sooner than later, just to get that. Like we talked about it last episode, I think, but just to get the vision in place of like yeah. what is uh, going on for the future. And we talked about, I mean, last when we talked about that last episode or the episode before, whatever it was, we were like, okay, we were on the impression that they were going to do it in the summer. This is a lot better that they're doing it. They're, they're shooting for before the trade deadline. Like that is great. That's going to put this team in a good position to start rebuilding the way they need to. Um, I would like them. I, the, the other thing too is like, I would like to know who the head coach is going to be. And I would love to see the GM and the head coach working together, kind of like putting down what this team's playing style is going to be. And so they can get the right pieces in here. And they're not just this GM's just throwing a bunch of pieces. And it's like here, like Bowman, that was the big thing with Bowman. He would throw out pieces and it would be like, oh, it's not the guys that work for Q system and yeah, not the guys that work for Carlton. It's just Bowman's like, here's who you get to deal with. Figure it out. Yeah, right. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> so I want to, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle like some of the contracts that have been brought in that are more long-term, like what's going to happen with Tyler Johnson. Did you remember he's still on the team? Um, not until they started promoting that he was just on the last like Blackhawks talk podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah. I would love to see him out there, but yeah, I think that it, 
that sucks that he hasn't really gotten to play since like October. Um, yeah, just like what what's going to happen for the future? I would love to know. <laughs> I feel like we have an idea of like what the future should hold, like be. Um, and its name the is Brinkett the Brinkett. Doc, the Brinkett <laughs> Doc Jones. Like, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because I mean, like you said, next year. Kane, Taves, the Brinkett. Um, who else? Important. I don't know. I guess those three are probably the most important. I mean, those three are up. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Brinkett Cat. Yeah. Participating in his first All Star game this weekend. That's right. He uh, paid homage to the uh, the Hangover in the Breakaway Challenge. Uh, dressing up as Zach Galinapius and Galinapius, <laughs> um, had Derek Carr throw him a uh, football and scored with that. I, I I was confused about the whole thing. I don't understand when that became such a shit show. Um, like that was ridiculous. I didn't watch the skills competition, but I, I saw, saw bits and pieces. Like, the The Jack you know, Hughes thing like, to me was very stupid. The magic trick and pull out a little kid and the little kid goes and scores. Like I thought that was so dumb. Oh um, really? Well, that, was vague, that that makes sense for like Vegas. Yeah. Zegers was awesome. Zegers was that. actually skilled. <laughs> skills he lost. competition. He still lost. I know. All right. So here's the funny thing. I heard that he lost. I saw his goal and I was like, who won? <laughs> and they said Petrangelo won. And I have not seen. I have yeah. anywhere. Me and Noli actually went. We went golfing in like in one of those indoor simulators on Saturday. And I was asking him, I'm like, what happened? And the what he explained, he's been basically he brought out like the Vegas drum line and all this kind of stuff. And the reason he won was John Ham was one of the judges, and he held up a one and a nine. So they gave him 19. So like they were doing like a scale of one to ten was for the score. What? Yeah, so John Hamm holding I mean, up a it, one and a nine. Like it doesn't matter, but it's like it doesn't, yeah. It's but Zegers, like that was unreal. Yeah. Unreal. It's crazy. Actual show of skill. <laughs> and the funny thing too, just because we're talking about we're like all about Zegers right now. There's a video of him and Gibson. We're sitting on the on, yeah. the, on the side, <laughs> and Gibson's like, I'll give you five hundred dollars to go to center ice and just do the worm right now. And Zegers is like, no, no, no. And the Brinkett's like, no, you gotta, you gotta go do that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. You just go do it. <laughs> he's like, no, that's like 50, 50 grand. And he's like, you go do this. I'm in goalie gear. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. Um, but yeah, so tr- I guess trans using that transition, it's like all star game. What's your opinion? I know we kind of talk about it in our group chat. Like, I can give two shits about the all star game, all star weekend. Like. I've just yeah. not been interested in it since like they did North America versus the world. Yeah, that was that was fine. I think that the the cool thing about it is just it's a fun time for people that like go to it and maybe like kids enjoy it, like things like that. Like I, the diehard hockey fans aren't going to be like super happy about it because it's just kind of like a lighthearted thing. Like yeah. nobody's trying to get hurt. They're all just trying to have fun. I, they probably enjoyed the fact that it was in Vegas. Who was it? Um, one of the coaches was just like having a little little hazy day on Saturday. Oh, he said yeah. He, he had it a little too hard Friday night. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I think it's fine. I watched the games. They're they're fun enough. Like teams, it's funny because 
it starts out with nobody really playing defense and then they get a little bit more competitive because they can't stand just like watching people score against them. Yeah. And so at the end, it's like the guy's actually back checking. <laughs> I think it's a so, little, well, I guess it wouldn't funny. matter this year. I was gonna say I was a little salty too. Cause that meant no meant like no Olympic hockey and all that, but they, they still would have done both this yeah, year. That was um, the plan. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not like I, and I'm not like, oh, oh, I hate fun. Don't have fun. Just, it's yeah. just, it just, it just doesn't, hasn't interest me at all. Like, yeah. Well, it's the thing. I always thought it was cooler when we were younger, but like I said, it's it, kids, kids love it. I'm sure. Like, that's the cool thing. It's like all of the greatest players on every team are all playing together and having a good time. Like, it's just fun. That's all it is. It's not like there, you don't have anybody that you're really rooting hard for. It's just a fun time. What did get dropped this during this all-star break is that there's plans to do the 2024 world cup of hockey in February. So it'll be mid season, yeah. which will be very interesting to see how I they, think that'd I'm, be really cool. I think that'd be awesome. I'm just very curious. I'm surprised that they want to do something like that where, you know, these guys are going to go fucking ham and yeah mid-season potential injury and all that kind of stuff like it's not it's no all-star game it's i mean it's gonna be but it's it's ran by the nhl so they get the money and it is like a if they're broadcasting it as like a international stage then they get the recognition of that too yeah so and then you also get like all the best players playing for their home countries without hopefully they do without uh, the olympic committee getting any money from it yeah, and hopefully they do a Team North America again. Like, uh, like that was awesome. Like, Honestly, was- like if they if they just did a World Cup of Hockey, how like there's the World Cup for soccer. That would probably be the best solution to having international play. Yeah, like <laughs> if you're covering your players, like that's one of the things. Like, get paid for the insurance, get the money for the for the games. Like, if it's all going to happen under the NHL, then what's I think that's a that's a much better thing to happen. Hundred percent. Um. All right. So speak. Vegas was the host of the All Star Game, and that also means Vegas is in the news because a certain player looks oh, like he might right. be coming back soon, and that certain player is Mr. Jack Eichel, who was seen in practice today with a contact jersey on. Yeah, it's I'm crazy. excited to see how that. The team's gonna be. They still don't. They still have to make moves in order to fit him into the lineup. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't fully understand how the cap works. Yeah, I don't. We'll we'll see what kind of interesting things happen with that coming up. But I I really want to see what he looks like on the ice with an actual team around him because that team is fucking good. And then you add Jack Eichel to it. Oh come on, it's not even fair. Yeah. He was he was almost a point per game player in a in Buffalo on a team that was trash. And now you put him on a team where he doesn't have to be the guy. Yeah, he can just be. Jack he has Michael. he have, has weapons around him. With him, with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, are you fucking kidding me? That's insane. Yeah, they're right now, they're it. first place in the Pacific with fifty-seven points. L.A. and Anaheim got fifty-five behind them. Calgary's got fifty-two. Dude, this power play is going to be insane with him on it. I'd be very curious to see. I kind of want to screenshot, like, right before he comes back, like, what their goals for, goals, like, goals for, their differential is, because, like, I just, 
that team, there's no way that they don't put up like five, six goals every game. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. I hope they don't have that many games against the Hawks coming up. <laughs> I think we're done with them, I think. I'm checking the schedule right now I because I don't think we're done with them. <laughs> or hopefully we're done with them right before Eichel comes back. Ooh, that would be nice. Um, we, play him on the 20, we play him on the 26th of March. In Chicago or in Vegas? Oh, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. Um, it's Vegas. And then we play him on the 27th of April at home. Okay, so well, that, that will, Eichel, Eichel Eichel be, will be back. That's like, that's like our second to last game of the season. And that'll be a fun one to go see then, at least. Yeah. You're going to watch a hot game. I might as well watch one where they're going to get their asses kicked by one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, going into the playoffs, basically, too. Oh, God. Let's go. And, it's, um, and it'll be a more dismantled Hawks team after the trade deadline. So, $5 tickets. Let's go. I know we were talking about the trade deadline like beforehand, too. Um, and a little bit during this, but it's funny that there's a lot of like talks like heating up about the trade deadline. The trade deadline is still six weeks away. I know <laughs> it's, it's March 21st. <laughs> it's, it's like, our, all right, man, like let's pump the brakes a bit. I don't know. We got a lot of time before the trade li- deadline actually comes around. Yeah. So much can happen. I mean, Hawks could go on a run. You never know. I'm not going to happen, yeah. but you never it's, know. We got all these games stacked up for the rest of February. Yikes. Who is definitely not going to make a run to the playoffs is the Arizona Coyotes. And they are in the news again because the whole situation with their arena. Um, there's a proposal that they are going to play at the home of the Arizona State Sun Devils um, in their 5,000 seat arena, which comes out to about 3,200 after you have to update it for NHL standards, giving like press and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what more can we say about hockey in Arizona? Move them to Albuquerque. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Like this team, why are they forcing this so bad? Like it's well, just, like, because here's the thing that's, that I'm going to just kind of counterpoint. Okay. Austin Matthews is a product of the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. I, I still, <laughs> that's still not enough. Like participation you're not- in, in youth hockey alone in Vegas, which is a newer market has skyrocketed since the, since the golden Knights have started and participation in youth hockey in the Southwest has skyrocketed since Austin Matthews has joined the NHL. So it's not a reason to keep a team that's it is it it's is not because because they the team will get more and more followers because of this. I can guarantee it. While they're playing in front of 3000 people. Hey, it's a more intimate setting for those fans. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're, you're like serious or not. I just think it's pretty cool. I, I think that like you're starting to you'll start to see an uptick when now that having Vegas, who is like pretty close to the area and then having Arizona, hopefully if they, if they find a GM that can turn this team around, if that team becomes good, then it'll be a much better situation, but they, they, they've just been handled so poorly. Like they've had this, like the chances, like the team was when it was at its best, when it, when it made it to like the Western conference finals against LA, like that team had a, a much bigger following in Arizona. And then they just kind of collapsed and it's, 
it needs to like stay good for a few years with in order to like really grow the game out here but how much longer are you going to try i feel like this has been the storyline for this team since it moved to, to phoenix to arizona well i don't know man like carolina's just now picking it up and everybody had been saying like they need to be moved for the longest time it's you you can't i feel like you, you can't just have hockey teams in traditional hockey markets because that's not how you grow the game no, and I understand that. I just don't understand a team that can't that's getting evicted from their current arena cannot get yeah. approved for another arena. They've moved around a couple times in Arizona, like trying to make this work. They had to be essentially saved by the and ran by the NHL for how many years? Like I just, oh man, I just I don't understand. I don't oh, understand sure. why. And you can't tell me it's because, oh, Austin Matthews, you got called, one fucking called, player called, from it. It's called one fucking pains. player. <laughs> it's called growing pains. It's okay. It's they're only in their teens. I don't actually know when, or I can't remember when. 96? Is it 96? Yeah. Yeah. They're in, in hockey years. They're just like dog years. <laughs> actually reverse dog years. I was going to say, um, like, uh, you're not making <laughs> your case like here. They're like a teenager. They're only like a teenager. What, 96? So they should legally be on their own insurance. They can't even be on their parents' insurance anymore. Like, oh, okay, dude. We're not talking insurance here. <laughs> like, they're adults. This team is an adult, and this is the guy. Like, this is a. F- oh, never mind. I'm not even going. I'm done. But this team, I just don't understand it. And you can't tell me oh, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews came from Arizona. One fucking player in 26 years. Come on. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see what happens to hockey in the Southwest as the years go by because of Austin Matthews. That's such, such a ludicrous reason to keep a, t- a, fran- a franchise, hey, a failing franchise in a failing market because of one fucking player. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, like that was that was a good reason, though. But like, I, it's a reason. I just you're not. It's not you're not keeping the franchise there because of what because Austin Matthews came out of the Southwest. I'm saying you're keeping him there because it's proven that like it helps to get the hockey to grow in the Southwest. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll, we'll really with that one. Cause I still don't see it. Like how oh, that's a good reason, but whatever, dude. <laughs> All right. Um, let's wrap this up here. Don't put them going. in fucking Canada where player people came and watch hockey live. So fuck it. All right. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up really quick because this is the mid season. <laughs> we're going to do uh mid season awards. We're going to pick our uh, Jack Adams, Hart trophy, Calder, uh, Vesna and Norris Trophy um, through the halfway point. Uh, Tanner, where would you like to start? Calder, Zegris. I just got to go with it. I love the kid. He's amazing. <laughs> well, fuck. I thought you were going to think about it for a second. I got to pull up. No. I, I know there's a lot of talk about. I, honestly, I think Ward Sider will end up winning it, but I think Zegris is just. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Awesome. Sider. Single-handedly keeping me in the fantasy hockey race. Let's go. No, not single-handedly, but he's a big mm-hmm. part of it. Um, yeah, I will take him. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Vesna. Um, I'm just going because it's insane what he's doing. Um, Markstrom with seven shutouts so far. Uh, kind of willing that Flames team into playoff contention still. Um, Chesterkin. He's got, a, he's, he's got an insane save percentage and wins. That team is is dynamite because of him too 
his he's got the highest save percentage for goalies that have played like 25 or more games i think the highest save percentage on the nhl right now is billy huso who's in st louis who's taking over bennington's job which i think is hilarious uh, um, but he's only played like 15 games and he's got a 941 but chester kane has almost 30 he's at 29 games he's got a 937 like that's that's insane level of fucking goaltending I mean, right, real well, man. Yeah, where are you going next? Um, well, I want to do let's go heart. Heart. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna go. Hmm. I kind of want to go with Jonathan Huberdo. Fuck. <laughs> but I might I might just go Ovi. I don't know. If, if I went Ovechkin, I would be taking his age like too much into account. Like he's having a good season for just a hockey player. He's having a great season for a guy his age. And I think, um, I mean, that's going to be considered. Right. So I, I don't, I don't, I would say Huberto. He's top of the NHL right now in points, but he's got five games on dry sidle. I just never think that dry sidle and McDavid should get the heart because they play together. Yeah. <laughs> If they were on different teams and they were in top three in points still, like then I would clearly go for one of them. But if you're gonna have like, like Nazem Kadri's having a sixth season, but Miko Rotman's also on that team. It's like the guys that are leading teams by a lot of points, and that team's also doing well, which is why they're the complimentary player. That's why. I, that's why I think like Huberdo is like one of my top picks. Are you on Huberdo? Yeah. All right, I'm just going to go Kadri then because I don't want to go with the obvious pick of Leon and McDavid. Yeah. You know what? No, I'm going Ovechkin. Fuck it. Ovi. Fuck it. I mean, what like you, you pretty much said all. Well, what he's doing this year is absolutely insane. And, and the fact that he's doing it at his age, I mean, that's going to be taken into consideration. And that's going to be heavily considered, especially if this team makes it to the playoffs. The team's still a good team. It's not like they're a bad team, and he's like, "Well, no, I know, it, but, but that helps a lot." Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, wait, what? Where are they at in the standings? Oh, they're in fourth in their division. Um, wait, wild card. Wild card. Okay, yeah, they're in the first wild card spot. All right. Um, let's go, Norris and. I'm going my guy always. Yeah. Victor Hedman. Uh, Victor Hedman. Yeah, he's Does good. it all. He's pretty fucking good. Um, I think it's Kale McCarr. I think he gets it this year. Yeah. He's got what... 18 fucking goals, man. And like, goals we, and we know, we know it's, a, it's an offensive, it's an offensive thing. So he's going to end up getting in. He's plus 26. 18 goals, 40 games. He's going to end up with like 30 plus goals. Maybe. Yeah, he's, I don't know how many games yeah. they've actually played. I don't think he's played every single one. But he, he so might end, he's going to end up with, with close to 25 plus. The end of the year, or I'm sorry, the future, the future of defensive hockey is just so exciting with Fox and McCarr and all those yeah. guys. Like, oh man. Dude, Aaron Eckblad is still sick. He's just, like, flying under the radar. That's one of the uh, crazy things about Florida is, like, they're such a good team. And you think, like, Barkov and, like, Huberto are, like, leading the charge. But, like, Eckblad is insane. And Mackenzie Weger is 
really fucking good too. And they play on the same line. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Or no, they're just like on their top four. They're they're just so good. Um, what was the last one? Last one is Jack Adams. Jack Adams. Who is it? Um, uh, what? Who is uh, Who's like even being talked about it right now? Is it Brendan Moore? I feel like he's probably the guy up there. Brendan Moore. Oh, Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant. New York. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think those two guys are good choices. I would probably go with Brendan Moore, though. Rod the Bod. Yeah, man, he's just he's got that team going. Um, I'm going, and I, it pains me to say this, but I'm going John Hines for Nashville. Mm, yeah, um, I can see that. They are having a fantastic year when I think everybody, including myself, had them pretty much where the hots are right now. Uh, honestly, like, whoever's coaching, whoever, I mean, I might even go with, like, whoever – finishes higher between LA and Anaheim, whoever coach, whichever coach finishes higher in the standings there. Cause those teams I thought were going to be bottom feeders still. Yeah. And I was going to say Florida too, but then I was like, well, that's tough because Q had it the first. He only had the first like, but then again, though, they, they're still pulling it off with uh, Andrew Brunette as the interim coach. Yeah. He's doing a great job. Domo Rutu is an assistant coach on Florida. I did not know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's go. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that's, a, that's what I would I would go with rather bad for now. But I, I think depending on how LA and Anaheim finish, if they still like do very as well as they're doing, whoever they make a playoff position, yeah, they're both in playoff position. Right, right but now. if they finish with the playoffs, the yeah, if they if they make the playoffs or one of them makes the playoffs, like they definitely mm. have to be considered. Yeah, that too. Okay. Um, if, De- if Detroit makes the playoffs too, maybe Blashill. Yeah, it's possible. Um, Especially okay. since they already have more wins than they had all of last year. <laughs> and the funny fact is, Montreal still has doesn't even have nine. Yikes! All right. Uh, you got anything else? No, that's good. All right. So this is episode one sixty eight. Tanner, what do you want to call it? <clears throat> None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that was so perfect. Perfectly timed. I loved it. <laughs> All right, so episode 168, none of your business. This is Jeremy. This is Tanner. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Like us on Facebook, uh, the When You See Brenner's Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at WCB Podcast. The Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPod.net on all social media. DraftKings promo code THPN. Uh, yeah. Uh, Till next time. Love boys. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast.